apologising for like dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to this special bonus edition of the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Last Thursday week, in front of a massive crowd in Dunmanway, Tyg McCorrock won their first Carberry Junior A football title in nine years when they beat St Mary's 2-10 to 1-8. Because of the schedule being the way it is, the Coromen were back in action just four days later when they were beaten by Ballinhasic in the county championship bringing an end to a roller coaster of a week. In a few moments, we'll be joined by Cora captain Brian O'Driscoll to look back on the club's recent highs and lows and to ask him about his own ambitions for the future. But Kieran, first off, we have to discuss Ireland's nil-nil win over Portugal last night. Even though the boys in green didn't take home all three points, they definitely took the lead in the ongoing culture war that currently surrounds Stephen Kenny's side by delivering a really positive performance in front of a packed house at the Aviva Stadium. We're back, baby. We're back. Um, no, it was definitely another another step in, in in the right direction for Ireland last night, Jack. Um, obviously, this this qualifying campaign was a disaster at the start, but we've seen the last couple of games has been a it's more than a gradual improvement. You can actually see what Kenny's trying to do. You can see it out there in the pitch. Like with Irish players passing the ball to each other, they're not hoofing it up the pitch. They're not going route one all the time. They're preferring to look for the, the short depth option, the passing option. And there's there's players now starting to play a lot, a lot better. Look, look at Hendrick again last night. Like really good performance by him and, and Josh Cullen in the in that midfield. Um, it's starting to look more like Kinney's team right now. And yeah, it, it was a real, real positive. Just a shame right at the end that that goal was disallowed. It, um, the roof came off the Aviva for those couple of seconds and everyone thought it was a goal. Uh, but another another positive performance. Um, I think, I know if you're looking at the stats, if you want to look, look at the stats very cold in Kinney's reign, it doesn't look good. David, like, was, was it two wins out of 20 or something, something along that? But if you look at the progress that they've made in the last couple of games and... It's a plan he's been trying to implement from, from the very, very start. But obviously COVID came, there was injuries and all, and all that. But now we're finally starting to see the fruits of his labour. And it is encouraging. And plenty of Cork interest in the game last night as well. Obviously, Og Benny, uh, Cork City man, Adam Eda from the city as well. And Conor Howerton was also introduced for the last 20 minutes or so. And looked assured in the position. I think... That's probably going to be Howrahan's role for the Ireland team going forward. If they're at full strength, he'll be the man who comes on for the last 10, 15 minutes after one of Jeff Hendrick or Josh Cullen has run themselves into the ground. And maybe that's not a bad role to be in, in a team 
that seems to be progressing and looks like they have a bright future. So the fact that Conor Howerton is still involved is a positive. Obviously, he'd prefer to be in from the start, but at least he's involved. I guess he could take some solace in that. I think so, yeah. I think, like you said there, Colin and Hendrick are playing quite well together at the moment, and it's going to be hard for Connor to force his way into the starting team, especially if you look at his club format with Sheffield United at the moment. He's in and out of the team. He's not getting a consistent run of games to show Stephen Kinney what he can do. So to have that impact sub role and to be able to bring someone like Horan in off the bench with 20 minutes to go, I think that's a, that's a good weapon for Ireland to have because he's, he's quite experienced. I think last uh, against Portugal, that, that was either his 30th or 31st cap for Ireland. So he's a he's a quite experienced campaigner at the moment. He's been involved in big club games. He's been involved in, a lot, obviously, a lot of Ireland games. So he's a, he's a good option to have, and especially with that left foot, if it comes to delivery set pieces late on, you'd hope that he'd be able to, to pull something out of the bag. But for now, unless he can really cement his place in that Sheffield United start, starting team, I think Connor is going to be that impact sub. But, but like you said, it's, it's not the worst role to be because... At the moment, Colin and Henrik are doing really, really well. And you've you've Jamie McGrath, who's in there now. Um, he, he's, he's, he's doing a good job. So it's hard to make it an, an argument for Connor to be starting for Ireland right now. But he's obviously good enough to still be involved in the panel. And the fact that we're probably never going to score a huge amount of goals from open play until we identify the next uh, Robbie Keane, which it looks like probably isn't going to be Troy Parrott or Aaron Connolly. But the fact is, if this Ireland team are going to be successful, it's going to mean they're, they're going to be successful through late winners or late equalisers. And that's something that the likes of Ahaurahin can have a big impact on because, as you mentioned, his corners, his free kicks, so any big games where Ireland are uh, struggling to find a goal, struggling to break a team down, he's always going to be needed for instances like that just uh, a line from George Hamilton which I thought really summed up the night in the last few minutes when he said Ireland are beginning to turn the screw so in an 87 88 minute when was the last time you heard a commentator saying Ireland are beginning to turn the screw against a team like Portugal it's usually all hands on deck Ireland are rallying here they're throwing their bodies on the line but last night because perhaps Pepe had been sent off but it was Ireland pushing for the winner which uh, was an unusual thing to experience as an Ireland fan. What's great too, Jack, is we seem to start to have, have a settled team right now. Bazoon and goal. You know, John Egan and Duffy's after finding a bit of form. But just, just on John Egan, I heard Stephen Kinney say after that that um, he should be playing in the Champions League. And Egan was a class act again against Portugal. He did really, really well. Like, And if you look at the Ireland defence, we have some really good players back there, like obviously with Coleman and Matt Doherty as well. So Ireland now have a very strong base to build on. And once that midfield, which is starting to get sorted with Henrik, uh, with, 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 um, with, with Henrik inside there as well, there's the makings of, of a decent team. Obviously, we don't have a Robbie Keane up front. We don't have that fella who put the ball in the back of the net. And that's why, like you said, set plays will be so important. And that's when the likes of Duffy and Egan, like Duffy's proved himself so capable of scoring goals over the years from, from set pieces. And that's probably going to be our, our best way of scoring. Um, because even from open play, we are still creating. We don't have that fox in the box, you could say, that 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 little striker to put the chances away. So, um. While there's still a lot of issues in this Ireland team, I think the good news is it's moving in the right direction. 
and as well, it seems, well, it not seems, it does have the fans back and behind it. You can see as fans, we like what we're seeing. We're seeing an Ireland team that wants to play football, that wants to keep it on the ground, that's, that's trying to pass through all the situations, that's trying to create chances, and that's trying to play football in a way that we all we all like. And I prefer that to, to, to what we've seen before. Um, but it just takes time. You're changing the mindset of a nation's football for so long. It was like route one, kind of lash it up the field. And now Stephen Kinney is, it's, it's, it's a huge change like from what we're used to. So that does take time. Um, and I know the debate now will be, oh, should Kinney get, get a new contract when he's up in seven or eight months' time? And I, I probably feel he should. I think he's he started... Why not? What's the alternative, I guess, is the, the real Exactly. Question. Like I was listening to Liam Brady afterwards last night and he was saying, oh, hold on, hold on. We, we'll, see what, we'll see what it's like in seven, eight months' time. But I don't, I don't think a lot's going to change between now and then. I think we've seen enough in the last few games to say this team is progressing and I want to see what Kenny can do with this team in the next quali- qualifying campaign and then judge him after that. Yeah, or we'll judge him on Monday after we get beaten by Luxembourg and uh, it's all downhill from there but no fingers crossed fingers crossed we'll pick up three points and end the campaign on a high but anyway Kieran, the main focus of our podcast today is the interview that you conducted with Cora captain Brian O'Driscoll following their Carberry win and elimination from the county series I had a little preview of this chat really interesting really one of the better GAA interviews I think you'll hear anywhere this year so give us a little flavor of what brian had to say and what his thoughts were on what was a roller coaster of a week for tyg mccorrick just for context so brian is the captain of the tyg mccorrick uh, junior a football team that won the carberry championship there last thursday week and then just two and a half days later they were out in the county series they lost to Ballon hasek after extra time in in bandon so it was, it was tough going for 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 cara they um, did fick all time. They had no time to celebrate their their Carberry Junior Junior A success because they were out so quickly in the county. And as you'll hear from Brian quite soon, um, he was very disappointed with that because they just didn't have time to, to prepare themselves as they would have liked to for a big game in the county. And, and if you think about it, if you win your division, whether it's Carberry or, or Carrick Down or Musgrave, you're going forward to represent that division then in the county and you want to do the best you possibly can. And as, as your champion of your division you should be given every chance to play to, to be the best that you can be but Tyke McCorrig weren't afforded that because two and a half days after playing a energy sapping Carberry final on a Thursday night and, and a heavy Dunmanway pitch like it was a big ask and in the end it just proved too much um, but still Brian and Tyke McCorrig they can reflect on the season probably in a couple of weeks time and say yeah we, we were Carberry champions we were the best team in Carberry this year and they can they can take solace from that and it's something to build on for next year but just on Brian for for a moment um the big takeaway I took from this he's only 27 years of age Brian has been around for a long time he was a, a Cork under 21 for four or five years I think he was a minor as well and he was obviously a Cork senior um Cork senior footballer too but it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And um, I'd, I'd, like Brian will actually go into this in, in some detail quite soon now. It just didn't work out at senior level. And that's a shame because that man has the attributes and talents to, to be a force at inter-county level. But he never delivered on that potential and he never delivered on that promise. And from this chat, you get the feeling that he has unfinished business with Cork. Um, he's 27 now. He's, he's more mature than he was go back five, six, seven years ago. Um, 
I think he feels he's ready now to kind of put his hand off the cork and say, okay, give me another chance. Let me let me show you what I can do. And if we get a Brian O'Driscoll, like we've seen in the last couple of months with Cara, where he's been in, in, in the best shape of his life, he's playing good stuff. Anyone who's seen a Tyke McCara game the last couple of months will tell you, Brian O'Driscoll is playing good football. So if we can get that Brian O'Driscoll in that mindset, in that mind frame, in that physical shape into the, the, the Cork senior setup, and with someone like Keith Ricken, um, which I think could be an important factor here because Keith Ricken is a good man manager. And I think maybe that's what Brian needs, someone like a Keith Ricken to, to get the best out of him. Um, so there is, maybe there are more chapters to be written in Brian O'Driscoll's Cork story. I think we just have to, have to wait and see how that plays out over the next couple of months and years. But he's still just 27 years of age. And anyone who's seen Brian play when he was at under 21, and even his early days with Cork, they'll know there was a fine footballer in there but whether, whether it was injury, whether it was maybe him, himself not, not giving it everything that, that it should be, um, he knows that he hasn't fulfilled his potential at that level. So I think we'll just wait and see what happens with that. But the good news is that it looks like right now he's, um, he's pushing forward and he's, he's in the right frame of mind and the right physical condition to hopefully maybe do something with Cork if, if Cork come knocking. So um, as you'll hear from now, He's um he's a happy man after Cora won the, the junior A. He was a disappointed and angry man after they lost to Bell and Hessig, but he's looking forward to what the next couple of years will hold. We're joined now on the podcast by Tyg McCora captain Brian O'Driscoll to reflect on a on a, on a great season for Cora, who were crowned Carberry Junior A football champions last Thursday night, but then they went out in the county last Sunday and were not were knocked out of the county. So it's been a ups and downs in, in the last couple of days, Brian. But um Let's go back to positive. So first, last Thursday night, Dunmanway, Cora beat St. Mary's in the Carberry Junior A final in front of a huge crowd. Um, you got your hands back on the on the, on the Junior A trophy in Carberry, first time since 2012. What, what was that feeling like? I suppose uh, anytime you get your hands in a trophy, it is positive. Um, it was a different experience for us, given that it was a Thursday night under lights in front of a big crowd. Um, so preparing for it was that little bit different to what we would have had before. But again, you know, we had one eye on Mary's from a little bit back and, and it transpired that the two of us got into the final. And on the night, we, we, we got ourselves off to a good start. Gave ourselves that little bit of a cushion throughout the game and thankfully managed to, to see it through there at the end. Um, and I suppose post-game, of course, you're happy to get your hands in the cup. But with the county quarterfinal being, being so close, it probably wasn't that easy to enjoy it um, and, and definitely not that easy to celebrate it. There was no celebrating it. It was a case of back into recovery mode and preparing for, for, for Sunday again at one o'clock. Um, so, yeah, look, it was a different experience all over for us as a group of players. But um, I'm sure in a couple of weeks when we sit down and look back at the year, we'll, we'll view it as a positive getting our, 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 our hands back in the cup again. When we were doing the previews in, in the star, like I couldn't get over it. It was 2012 the last time Cara won the won the junior A because you're you're there or thereabouts every season. You're one of the real genuine contenders every year. Have you been surprised that you've had to wait this long to get your hands back in the on the cup again? I suppose every year, ourselves included, as, as every team do, you've ambitions of winning the competition. Um it is quite competitive. A lot of teams are, are on a similar, you know, level or a playing level. But I suppose nine years for, for, for a club like us is probably perceived to be a little bit too long. Um, you know, we reached finals in 13 and lost after a replay to Columns. 
We reached the final again in 18 and, and lost after a replay to Maccabee. So we've been in the mix, but we just haven't, haven't been getting over the line. This year, I suppose, we had a good look at ourselves. I'm sure as every club did, but we, we managed to get our training right and our games right. And thankfully, we got, we got over the line at the end. But, um, you know, it's all back in the mix again next year. And I'm sure there'll be four or five clubs gunning, gunning to get their hands in the cup again. Because what was the difference this year, Brian? What did Carver do right this year compared to, to the previous years? Because like you took out some big guns along the way as well, like took out Kilmacabee a couple of rounds back, beat a very good St. Mary's team. So you won the championship the hard way too, and you won it by being the, being the best team in the competition. So can, can you put your finger on what you think you got right this season? I suppose, you know, it's it's fine margins. Uh, some, some seasons you might feel like you do a lot of things right and you mightn't get over the line. Um, I suppose we've had a very good backroom team in terms of having Cara Keane on board with us for the last 18 months. He's had to leave us due to commitments um, over the course of the season this year, but he left us with very good foundations in terms of structures and game plans, training plans, you know, nutrition, and I suppose just exposed some of our guys probably to some stuff they hadn't seen before. And of course, when he left... Uh, we had a little bit of a gap, but we managed to fill that with, with, with Michael Bryant from Castlehaven, who again is another top top guy who's great experience in the game. So I think we had a lot of experience in the back room and our players managed to feed off of that and, and kind of grow from the structures that they had left us. And I think that came to fruition. Then over the, the latter stages of the championship, there was games week on week. Uh, we managed to perform well enough in a lot of those games and managed just to carry momentum through and get over the line in the final on last Thursday night against Marys. And against Marys, you set the tone very early, like you burst through for, for a point nearly straight from the throw-in, two goals inside the first eight minutes, uh, uh, Paddy Burke and, and Sean McCarthy. All of a sudden, Tyke McCorry go 2-2 two, two to no score up. Like, were you looking at the scoreboard saying, Jesus, this is this is the dream start? I suppose, yeah, look, every team always sets out to get off to a good start, but we definitely didn't expect to find ourselves, you know, eight, nine points up with in, in the first quarter of the game. Um, and I think only for the good start that we got, you know, it was nip and tuck from there on through until the finish of the game. So it was probably that, that start that, you know, provided us with the cushion and maybe relaxed us a little bit more as the game went on. And, you know, we were we were damn glad of it in the end, I'll tell you that. And you had that cushion, I think it was five points in the end, you beat Mary's boy. And for you as captain to go up and, and, and lift the cup, what was that feeling like for you personally? Yeah, I've been captain of, uh, I suppose, luckily, uh, a large number of teams throughout my career, be it club or county or even college. But um, it was my first time actually lifting silverware as captain. So um, I, I probably wouldn't have uh, imagined when I was a young fella that I'd have to wait until 27 years of age to get my hands in a cup as a captain. But uh, it was sure worth waiting for. And uh, there's, there's no, nobody better to win with than your, your friends and your, your home club. And like we touched on earlier, like there was little time to celebrate because Tiger McCarg wrote in the county junior quarterfinal in Spellingcastig on Sunday. So Thursday night, so was there any celebrations? Had you any time to celebrate? Because that turnaround was so short to the county game. Um, no, there was there was very little celebrating. We gathered ourselves in the dressing room after, had our, our quick chat about what we wanted to do for the couple of days that were coming in front of us. Um, we left the Manway, got back to the car, had a bite of grub in the local pub, the Travellers Rest, um, and fellas were gone gone home again for 12, quarter past 12, after only a landing at, at you know, 11 after the game. So we kind of had one eye on Sunday straight away from after the, the final whistle going. 
Um, unfortunately, you know, there wasn't enough time to recover no matter what we did between Thursday night and Sunday morning. There was only two and a half days. Um, but again, you know, you, you can only control what you can control as a player. You've no say over scheduling or fixtures or this, that and the other. But I'm proud of, of how we looked after ourselves on the Thursday night. Um, and I'm proud of how we went about our recovery between Thursday and Sunday. And I think we were six up with was it five, six minutes to go on, on the clock on Sunday. And unfortunately, legs probably just caught us in the end. But uh, again, look, as a player, I don't, or as a group of players, there was there was no more we could have done in terms of recovering between Thursday and Sunday. So we left it all out there. Like you said there, like you were, you were six points up, kind of almost looking at that county semi-final. You could always put, out, put one hand out and touch it. But then obviously all the games, those two games in such a short space of time, they just caught up with you and then the game went into extra time and then that's another 20 minutes on top of 60 and top of kind of 60, 70 minutes on the Thursday night. So do you think in the end it was just all too much? Um, I suppose looking back at the game, we'd be disappointed to leave a six-point uh, lead slip regardless of other circumstances, you know, prior to the game, whatever. But um, yeah, hindsight is great, but it probably is too much to ask of amateur players, you know, to play in heavy conditions on a Thursday night and then to go out on the Sunday morning and play again. And, and that alone play 60, but, but play 80 minutes of football. Um, it's, it's just too much to ask. And, you know, from a player's point of view, the amount of time and effort required to getting to that stage of the competition is immense. Um, you know, even the time required away from training to get your, your body physically right to play football. And then... You know, I suppose you might feel a little bit let down by the fact that you're asked to play two championship games in the space of two and a half, three days after, you know, taking six, seven months to get yourself to that point. It's, it's just too much to ask of a, of a club player at this stage of the year. Do you feel with that? Because you just didn't even have time to celebrate the Caribbean win. And you didn't have time to recover properly to go out in the county series. That, that there should be almost more of a buffer between a divisional final and actually going out into the county just to give teams a chance. Definitely. And look, I suppose there is difficulties at the moment as you wouldn't have every year in terms of COVID and that probably adds to the scheduling issues. And, you know, as a group of players and as a club, of course, we're aware of that. But, you know, you'd like to think that there could have been some arrangements made, you know, even at a, a, late, a later stage than originally planned to try and facilitate a little bit more recovery time for guys between you know the Thursday and the Sunday. Look, it's easy to it's easy to talk when the competition is over, but it's probably something that we'll have in our minds for definitely the next couple of months, you know. But um it's it's just a case that we'll have to get over it and get on with it again for next year. It's probably all a small bit raw now we're just talking a couple of days after losing to the Bell and Hessig. But in, in the week in the weeks to come, Brian when Tyg McCorg reflect on the year that, that you've had, like you can take it so much from the fact that you're you're the kingpins of Carby Junior football again, that you've you've rec reclaimed the crown in a very competitive division that's had a good Kilmackey team that's saw that's a very good St. Mary's team, obviously St. James is a couple of years back. Um it's an ultra competitive division and Tyg McCorg are top of the charts right now. So that that's a reason to enjoy the winter. Absolutely, yeah. And like when the dust settles there in a, in a few weeks' time, I'm sure we'll look back and we, we might get around to celebrating the fact that we have the cup. Um, but again, like I said, it's, it's all very raw at the moment. And it's hard to imagine to be celebrating after a couple of days only after a loss. Um, and I suppose, you know, someone from my age who's, who's 27 and has had the chance to celebrate getting their hands on the cup previously in 2012, 
I didn't mind so much the fact, you know, that you were asked to recover and get ready for another game. But I'm sure for some of the younger guys on our panel who haven't experienced that before and maybe haven't, haven't won many medals over the course of their careers, it probably is something that, you know, they, they wouldn't feel great about the fact that it was so low-key and there, there was no big deal made out of it. Because for any club in West Cork winning a West Cork title, it is a big achievement and it is a big deal. And, you know, it shouldn't be treated as anything less. So I suppose there is that little bit of regret there that, that it was, it was you know, we were forced to keep it so low-key. Richard, there, you're only 27, Brian. You seem to have been around for years and years and years. As long as I've been in West Cork and in the Southern Star, I've been writing about Brian O'Driscoll and the, all, all the feedback I've got this year in the Carby Junior Football Championship. You're, you're playing some great football. So how much did you enjoy your football in, in this year's championship? I definitely enjoyed the year as the whole. I suppose any year you find a little bit of form and, and manage to keep yourself relatively injury-free. It's a, it's a positive thing. It's not something you get every year as a player. Um, but I suppose it's the case that the more you put into it and, and the more work you put into yourself as a player and as a, an, an individual, the more potentially that you'll get out of it on the other end. So, like I said, I managed to get myself into a relatively decent form for the year. Managed to, to stay away from any you know, major muscular injuries or anything like that. And at any year you have a year like that, you're going to find enjoyable, especially you know, if, given the background that I've had um, injury-wise and playing-wise and, and, and things like that. So. What's the mission for you going forward? Are you are you looking up at that inter-county scene again or are you just happy at the moment playing away with the club? I suppose um, every, there's probably every player playing club football in Cork has, has ambitions of getting themselves onto the, the county team and representing their county at the top level again. And I suppose I definitely have a, a burning desire inside me to get myself back to the top table. Um, but again, you know, when you're playing your club championship games, that's not something you're focusing on. You're trying to get yourself as fit as you can and as strong as you can and, and just play to the best of your ability. But in the back of my mind, I suppose, over the last couple of years, it's never gone away the fact that I want to get back into the, the, the Cork jersey and represent again. And hopefully, you know, over the course of the coming months and years, it's something, an opportunity that might come my way again. You feel in some way so far you've almost unfinished business with, with intercounty football because you all know about your, your track record and the way up like underage and stuff like you were standout talent and you can see their injuries haven't been kind to you. Do you feel like 27, you're only 27, like you're you've so many good years ahead of you that now could be the time for you. You're you're older, wiser, more mature, you're 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 ready to show what you can do. Yeah, I suppose look, it's it's a it's a real learning curve. Um, even in terms of life and in terms of your GA career when you come through from a young age you might think that you know things come easy and, and that they'll be there every year um, and again of course I have regrets in terms of you know I mightn't always have um, prepared myself as well as I could have and that probably represented in terms of my performances in it at times and in terms of injuries but again these are all things you learn from um, you know, you, you cross paths with different coaches and you cross paths with different people who you might learn off over, over the, the years. You definitely mature both as a person and as a player. Um, you probably learn how to apply yourself that little bit better. You learn what you should and shouldn't do. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a major learning curve. And I suppose the fact that I have experienced what I've experienced, and I'm still only 27, I'd like, you know, to think that there's a couple of years where I could get back to the top level and I'm young enough to do it. So there's definitely a desire there to, you know, to, to push on a little bit further. 
I think there's a couple of chapters in this in your story left to be written. So I'm looking forward to to see what unfolds over the next couple of weeks, months, and years. But thanks for coming on the podcast, Brian. Thanks for having a chat with us, and congrats on a on a super season with Ty McCarrick. No matter, Karen. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Okay, Kieran, not much more to say before we wrap up this special bonus edition of the Star Sport Podcast, but probably worth flagging our other podcast that we released earlier this week. It was you chatting to the great Holly O'Sullivan about the two county finals coming up this weekend. Yeah, two- County semi-finals, excuse me. Exactly, yeah. two huge um, uh, Cork Premier Senior Football semi-finals on Sunday. It's Clan and Douglas at one o'clock, followed by the Haven and the Bears at three o'clock. And the dream is an all-West Cork final for us. I want Clan and Haven to get through. And like you said, um, we were joined by Harley O'Sullivan to preview those two games earlier this week. Um, so that podcast is well worth checking out. Great insight by Harley because he has set up his... Carby Rangers team before to play against these teams so he knows what he's talking about and it's just good insight analysis um, from from Holly and it's just a huge weekend for, for West Cork GA teams on Saturday we have the Castlehaven and Donnie's ladies in the County Junior A football final at 3 o'clock in Parky Ring on Saturday we have Goline and Randalls in the, in the County Junior B football final then later on Saturday we have Donnie's in a Senior A football championship semi-final and as well as that, Bellingiri are in the other semi-final against Mallow. Um, both those games are Parky Cueve. And then next Tuesday, Orhan footballers are in a county junior A semi-final. So busy times for, for West Cork team. So fingers crossed, we have a good weekend. And we'll be reflecting on all those games on next week's Star Sport podcast. That will be out as per usual, <coughs> excuse me, on Tuesday. For now, though, if you enjoy listening to these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts and remember the five star review helps us to keep growing the show slan tommel